Welcome to Virtual Student Experiences, where we inspire students to aspire. For more information, please check out our website at www.virtualstudentexperiences.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another Virtual Student Experiences Season 2 webinar. Today's webinar will focus on marketing. If you're new to our program, Virtual Student Experiences is a pro bono initiative spearheaded for students by students. We at VSC want to be the inspiration for aspiration, and our goal is to give students around the world an opportunity to hear from professionals in their career area of interest in a friendly and casual setting. Every student that knows what you want to do in the future, we at VSC want to encourage, allow, and connect you with professionals. Through VSC, students are given the chance to decide if their career area of interest really fits their skills, personality, and of course, overall interests. Through VSC, you'll be able to hear from a wide variety of guests from a variety of seniority levels. To find out more about our, uh, I guess, organization and to be notified about upcoming webinars, you can visit our website at virtualstudentexperiences.com. And before we get started, I just want to go over some quick housekeeping things, so hang on real tight. Firstly, I'm going to be asking our guest professional that I'll introduce in a second, a series of base knowledge questions so that you can get a good idea of who, who she is and what she does. If at any time you have a question, feel free to post it in the Q&A module down below and we will get to it in the later part of the webinar. We highly recommend that you ask questions during this webinar because it's an opportunity to get an answer right here, right now, instead of reading about it later on the internet. And quickly introducing our VSC team of volunteers, we have Buddy, Gabby, Jonathan, Coco, and Tommy. And without further ado, our guest today is Dr. Maryam Salehijam. Dr. Salehijam started her career as an intern at Murphy Batista LLP, where she researched case law and legislation. Now she's a very successful businesswoman holding the position of head of go-to-market at Lanthorn AI. Dr. Salehijam received an international baccalaureate uh, at WVSS, going on to also receive a bachelor, bachelor of European Law at Masters University, a Masters of Law at McGill University, a Masters of International Laws at Masters University, and a PhD in International Business Law at Ghent University. Dr. Salehijam was also a recently visiting researcher at Stanford Law School. She has since then worked as a founder and editor for the English Rescue Team, a visiting PhD researcher at Max Planck Institute for Comparative and Private International Law, and a head of blog content at Resolve Disputes Online. Dr. Salehijam currently holds the positions of legal researcher and policy advisor at Lexidale, a PhD founder institute, um, and the head of go-to market at Lanthorn AI, where she handles their global marketing and sales strategies. Dr. Slehijam, vast knowledge in law and business throughout her years and years of education has brought her to where she stands now as a successful head of Lanthorn AI's marketing strategies. So thank you very much for joining us today, Ms. Slehijam. Thank you for having me. Great. So just to start off, um, can you tell us really kind of what marketing is and how you got into that field? Yeah, so I got into marketing completely accidentally. I didn't study marketing. I never thought I'd be perfect for marketing. What happened there is that I started my job search right before COVID hit. So I had to basically network remotely. And as you know, it's LinkedIn is a great resource for networking, but it's kind of hard to get noticed unless you do something different. So I started making videos where I talk about issues I find interesting and the videos started getting a lot of attention. Some of them had over 20,000 views. And so companies that I was interested in started approaching me saying, would you be interested in a marketing role? And I thought, oh yeah, for sure I'd be interested in a marketing role, but are you sure I can do marketing? And they said, yes, because so much of marketing is knowing how to package something 
and present it in a way that people care about. And so that's where I have my job right now. And the sales part of the job also comes because I'm a natural you know, people person and I know how to talk to people. And that's also most of what sales is. You can go to school for as long as you want, but some skills are very intuitive to who you are. Um, so I hope that answered your question. Great. No, that was great. Um, and then maybe did you have any, for like before you started your career in marketing, did you have any really passion or interest for marketing or did it just kind of, you know, stumble upon you and you just started to really like the marketing field? Yeah. So I always had a passion for being an ambassador of something. So I, you know, did UNICEF charity work. Um, and so I always had that within me. I just didn't know what it was called. And so I think I definitely always had a passion for marketing things I care about. And now I get to do it in a way that actually um, is good for my career. Great. Um, you obviously have a lot of degrees and, you know, stuff like that, a lot of qualifications. So did you always want to go into marketing or what were your beginning aspirations? Yeah, uh, no, I never actually thought about marketing. In high school, I was dead set on going to law school. And that's why I went from Canada to Europe to study because in Europe, law is not a graduate degree. You can go to law school from high school if you have the right prerequisites, which I did because I had an IB diploma. And my goal was to be a human rights lawyer. I was very passionate about social issues. I still am. Um, but I realized, you know, within my first law degree that human rights lawyers are financially in a hard position. And so I thought I can't really afford to be a human rights lawyer because you kind of have to have rich parents to be able to not make money and be comfortable. And so I ended up thinking perhaps I'll go into diplomacy. And that's why I did international law as my master's. And right before my test to become a diplomat for Canada, I got offered a PhD position in international business law. So my transition into the business world was completely coincidental. And the reason I chose to work for startups was because I did that research say at Stanford where I got to see kind of, you know, the Bay Area and the startup world. And I saw how exciting it can be. So I decided, even though I have all these law degrees that kind of make me the perfect professor or diplomat or whatever that may be, you know, the UN worker, I want to see if I can work for startups. So I started repackaging myself as an attractive hire for early stage startup because early stage startups need people like me where we're very dynamic and we're not stuck to just one thing. So I'm not stuck to marketing. I can also do sales. I can also go and negotiate a deal. I can also talk to you about the law. Um, and that's why I'm, I'm at Lanthorn AI today. Great. Um, I mean, I guess for marketing in terms of marketing, are there yeah. any requirements that I guess successful marketers have to meet? That's a great question. And I would like to say probably, but I haven't experienced them. <laughs> um, I think you should know kind of the science of marketing if you want to go into marketing. So you should look into, you know, what's an SEO, how to get social media traction, you know, what is inbound marketing for your, you know, and what it means for your sales team. Because what I understood about the business world so far is that every business kind of has three pillars. The product obviously is the most important. You have to have something to sell. You need to have sales and you need to have marketing and you can't kind of have one without the other and they all need to function together. So I think that the, the key is to kind of know what it is that makes marketing successful. You know, what are the key performance indicators of a good marketing strategy, but also what does marketing mean to the rest of the company so that you can go about your marketing 
in a way that kind of fulfills the company's goals and not just your creative persona because a lot of marketing people are so creative which is fantastic but that's not enough to to fit your job or fulfill your promise to the company awesome um and then as far as your education goes and how it played into your success can you maybe speak a little to i guess how important is it to go to a name school or maybe to get good grades or is there kind of a balance in between yeah. the two? oh that's a great question so First question is, is it important to go to a name school? From what I've observed, if you go to a name school, it obviously stands out, but that kind of depends on your field, right? So my husband went to a state school. He went to the University of Missouri, which is not in the Ivy Leagues, right? But he went to the accounting program, which is one of the best programs in the nation. So he had his job offer a year before he graduated with KPMG San Jose. So it really depends. What are you studying? Why are you studying it? What's the program like? Because I don't condone going to a name school just for the name if you're studying like some random degree where you're gonna be in debt and have no job. So that really depends. But like, for example, for law, the name matters. If you go to a Harvard or Stanford or a Yale, it makes a huge difference. Um, and then the next thing is grades. I did IB, which means it's the equivalent to AP for Americans here. I'm a bit of a studious person. I didn't have the best grades, but I had grades that were good enough to just push me to the next stage in education, which is, you know, law school, master's of law, PhD. And so grades do matter if you wanna have advanced degrees, you're not gonna get into the program without them, but they don't matter if you're going into a, a, a job market where it's more about just the bachelors that you have and your eth work ethic. For example, sales, they don't check your grades because it's not about how good you are at studying. It's about how good you are at making connections. Um, so there's no concrete answer to those questions for everyone. It all depends on the person and what they wanna do. That's why I'd be more than happy to take questions and try to answer them for each person um, just because everyone's different and we should never follow other people's plans. Cool. Um, and then still touching on your education, can you maybe speak to the most important lessons you took away from uh, your years in the educational kind of, you know, field? Um, and then maybe some of the things you learned in college that helped you prepare yourself for the first few jobs. Oh, good questions too. So the first question is, what did I learn in, in university that was really important? I learned that people are gonna be mean to you if you threaten them. So if you walk in there, and they think that you might be perhaps better than them in some way. They might try to put you down and they're gonna do that in many different ways. And it's up to you to have the confidence and the self-assurance to not let them. I personally have been called more stupid more times than I can count. I clearly am not stupid, but I'm not gonna let those people get to me. And when I don't let them get to me, they start calling me arrogant. So there's no winning with those people. So it's important to know how to detect, you know, the the mean people and ignore them because they're going to be there all your life. And if you let them get to you in school, you're going to let them get to you in your job and you're never going to actually be able to achieve what you want. If you kind of listen to the naysayers. The other thing you said was how did my education prepare me for the job market? Correct. Okay. That's a great question. So law school is, is a lot of work, right? <laughs> it's a lot of work and that's great because I have good work ethic. When my company says, hey, we have a deadline today, I say, no problem. I, I don't really feel the pressure of 
jobs. I don't feel the pressure of time constraints because I'm used to kind of working all the time. And if some of you know lawyers, we kind of work all the time anyways in our jobs. So <laughs> that's been great for me. And I notice when companies interview me and they see the law school and they see the legal career, they immediately know what that means in terms of work ethic. So they never question if I'm going to put in the amount of work the job requires. And that's been great for my reputation. Awesome. Um, and then as a marketing professional, you obviously need to be a very good communicator. Um, and from your LinkedIn, you speak five languages. So can you maybe speak to what language is the most important and maybe how that plays into your communication today? Yeah. So obviously English is the most important. English is not my mother tongue. My mother tongue is Persian. Um, of the languages I speak, I found Spanish to be the most useful. And if you look at the science behind, you know, Spanish, it's the second most common mother tongue, I think, in the world. It's the third most common spoken language in the world. And it's easier to learn than Chinese, right? So Mandarin and Cantonese, they're up there too. I'm never going to learn them because I don't have the time. But Spanish is fairly easy to pick up. And the great thing is you'll always find someone who speaks it. So you can practice it. And what I found, and which I love about people who come from countries where they speak Spanish, is the moment you speak their language, it's always when you're part of the community. And that is such a great feeling to feel like you belong in these other places or these other groups, even though you don't really have a biological connection to them. Um, and also Latin America is growing, right? The economy there is booming. And if you wanna be in the business world, it'd be a great asset to have. Today I had a business call where it was in Spanish. I didn't do most of the speaking, but I was there and I understood everything that was being said, which was great for the client because we didn't have to switch to English for me to understand what's being said. I already got it. So I knew what she needs when she needs it. And I didn't have to ask anyone for advice there. Great. Um, and then maybe can you speak a little bit about your time as a visiting researcher at Stanford University and maybe your responsibilities and the skills you use there? Yeah, I absolutely love my time at Stanford. And the reason for that is because Stanford is just filled with very intelligent and socially aware people. It kind of felt like walking into the future of society. <laughs> it was really a fantastic experience. I was in the Gold Center, which is the mediation center, and I had my own office and I was there to conduct research relevant to my PhD. I also got to audit classes, which meant I got to sit into classes and participate in law school classes, obviously. I got to go to conferences and all that good stuff. And the biggest thing for me being there was the network. I really understood why people want to go to Stanford because I was meeting the COO of Airbnb. I was meeting in-house counsel, of large companies, Microsoft. And I, I, my mind was blown because I was coming from small European universities where these things are just not happening. Um, so I definitely see the value of going to a school like that when it comes to your career and networking. Great. Um, and then moving on to one of your current roles, can you maybe touch a little bit about your role at Lanethorn AI? Yeah, so that's my new role. I started at the 1st of September. I got recruited via LinkedIn because of my videos, as I said, and they were a very early stage startup. They didn't even have their website yet, but they had the technology. So they are a group of high tech people. They can you know, pretty much make anything you ask them to. Um, and they had a new product, which was AI enabled video analytics. And the cool thing about what Lanthorn does is that they can run AI analytics software on premise using edge devices, which means you don't need the internet, you don't, you, you don't send your video feeds outside of your network, 
Um, and that adds a huge privacy component and security component. My goal is to figure out kind of our market fit, our target customers, and how to get to them. So today I was doing outreach emails. I was working on our website content. I made a video for a competition we're entering. Um, tomorrow I have a sales call and every day is different. <laughs> and, uh, it's been so exciting and so great. And I've been learning so much on the job, which is what I've heard happens with startups because there is no magic formula for startups. Um, and I definitely recommend the startup life to anyone who is willing to have a little bit of instability um, in exchange for a huge learning curve. That's cool. That's really cool. Um, and then maybe can you talk a little bit about how you continue to make progress in your years of practice and your years of work? Yeah, so reading, reading, and talking to people. I try to follow people on LinkedIn that I think are influential in their sectors. So I follow people in sales, in marketing, that clearly are doing something right. I also follow people in privacy because that's a, you know very important in the future. And I also try to meet them. So if they post something interesting, I'm like, hey, can we talk? Because I want to learn about how they think, how they come across their sources, because I need to know how they learn so I can mimic it. Um, and that way I don't have to go and figure something out for myself because someone else has already figured it out and all I need to do is learn from them. And the, so that's how I keep up to date with the market. Uh, but also the market is changing constantly. And so I have to be aware of the fact that even if I'm performing well today, I might not be performing well tomorrow because there's going to be a new thing out there that I'm not aware of. For example, TikTok. Most marketing professionals who were in their you know, late 30s when TikTok came out, didn't realize TikTok is a marketing strategy. The 20 year olds figured that out. So it's important to realize when new tech is coming out and how to use it to your advantage, even though you might be a little bit dated as a person. Right, um, that's great. And then I guess throughout your years of practice and during your work, you use a lot of skills and you implement a lot of tactics. So can, can you maybe speak to your top three skills and how you implement them into your work? Yes. Okay. Top three skills. Skill number one, I don't know if this is a skill, but ask for things, right? So the power of asking is my skill. If I want something, I just ask for it. And I don't care if someone's going to say no, I still ask for it. And so far I tend to get what I want because I ask for reasonable things. So me going to Stanford was not part of my PhD program. It was an opportunity I created for myself. Then I went to my professor and I said, can I go? And she said, don't make it cost too much. I said, okay. <laughs> so then I went there and to get myself into Stanford, I just literally asked the person who had been there. I was like, how'd you go there? And they told me how, and I said, can I meet the person who put you inside? And they said, sure. So asking gets me everywhere. The second skill that I have is the ability to have empathy. So when someone's talking to me, I'm really actively trying to figure out what are they saying? How are they feeling? What does that mean? Because I want them to know that I really care about that conversation. And I don't, don't want them walking away thinking like this girl doesn't care about me. The last skill that I have is I'm very, very flexible. And I don't really like carry things change. So if the needs of a company change, okay, fine, we just change it. I don't really complain about it. I don't drag my feet. And I think that comes from being an immigrant. So I moved to Canada when I was 10 from Iran. And that was a huge change. And unless I had learned to adjust, I wasn't going to survive. And it was the same thing when I went to Europe. It's the same thing now that I'm in America. I constantly adjust. 
Um, so it's really important in life not to be very stubborn about anything. That's phenomenal advice. Thank you for that. Um, and then, yeah, and then can you tell us maybe what a typical day looks like for you and maybe how that changed because of the pandemic? Yeah, so <laughs> um, my PhD position, I was an employee of the university and I had my own office, but I was allowed to work from home, which meant I already had kind of like familiarity with work from home and its upsides and downsides. My current job has been work from home since the start because of COVID. I wake up, I get ready. I always have a you know morning meeting with my founder. I try to get to know what his needs of the day are. Then I have, I use something called a Trello board where I kind of prioritize everything for myself. So like, this is my to-do, but today I'm only focusing on this and these other things are in progress and these things are in, you know completed. Um, and then I go about my to-do list and sometimes I have to put some things in the other box because the needs change, you know, hourly. And then I tend to go to bed around 1130-ish, but I try to work till 1130. I take time to exercise and eat, obviously. However, it's not a nine to five, nor would I want it to be a nine to five because I would get bored. Great. Um, and then in, in terms of words of wisdom, can you maybe speak to some suggestions or some tips you would give aspiring marketers? Oh, in order to be a good marketer, you have to market yourself really, really well. So don't try to get a marketing job when you don't have your own website, when you don't have an excellent LinkedIn, when you don't know how to talk about products, write about products, speak in front of a video. So marketing, just because you have the degree doesn't mean you're very good at it. You have to actively practice the skills that are needed for marketing. Um, and also you need to decide kind of what kind of marketing you want to be. Do you want to be the writing kind, the video kind? Uh, it all depends on who you are and what you want. But I used to hate public speaking. I forced myself to do it enough that I love it now. So those are the things you need to do to be good at marketing. You need to be able to get in front of a crowded room and take a, talk about something with confidence and joy. And that's not easy to do if you actually think about what is really like standing up there. Awesome. Um, and then you spoke about practicing or practicing marketing. So how would you suggest someone practices marketing? Yeah, so that's a great question. You know, let's say you have a, a company you want to work for, right? Let's say you're a big fan of Nike. You should start watching Nike's ads. And then you should make your own Nike ad. And then you should send it to Nike and be like, Nike, I made you an ad. Here's what it is. Or you should write... Uh, re read articles, let's say Facebook is writing, because Facebook does write articles about itself, its press releases, and then you should write a press release for Facebook about some cool thing that you've imagined for them. And you should send it to Facebook and be like, I wrote this, what do you think? And these are really cool ways of, you know, really using those muscles in a real life setting and seeing if the company is going to reply to you. And I promise you, if you start adding marketing people at these you know, companies and just sending them these materials, at least one or two people are going to respond and you're going to get noticed, which is way more effective than applying for a job through, you know, their job board or whatever it is they use to get their employees. That's great advice. Um, and then finally, I guess one of our big questions is what courses or clubs should students partake in? And what is, I guess, the typical path that a successful marketer takes? I mean, you're talking to me. I went from law school to marketing. So <laughs> there is no typical path. 
Um, but clubs or courses, you said? Right. Clubs or courses that maybe could okay. hone in those skills. Okay. That's a great question. So in terms of courses, I can already tell you things I had to learn on the job so you can go learn about it at school. Uh, one thing is knowing how to make nice graphics, right? So once you come up with a content, you actually have to present it in a specific way. So that's kind of like graphic design. You have to be good at it. The other thing is knowing how to have an impactful writing um, like strategy in a way, because you need to know how to write an a blog post versus website content versus a poster, you know, all these things are actually different. So you need to take a course on writing. That's really important. The other thing that, that is really important is perhaps a course on photography or videography, because you want to go to a company and say, I know how to do the full job. I can write it, record it and present it. Then you're, you know, a, a triple um, threat. I can't pronounce triple very well. Um, and in terms of clubs, I got introduced to a club that's called, what was it called? Like, like talking clubs. So like debate clubs are really useful because you need to be able to kind of argue your point. Um, and you need to do it really nicely so that other people are convinced of what you're saying. So whatever, you know, debate club, even, even clubs that are for social cause are really useful because you need to get other people to care about that cause. And that requires a lot of creative thinking. So those are the clubs I recommend, but I don't have a marketing degree. So <laughs> there's no path, one path to marketing, do you? Right. Um, and then I guess you've spoke about making yourself the best candidate possible. What would your suggestions be for making yourself extremely presentable? What makes you alluring to, I guess, employers? Yeah, so I'm a female, which is a different answer than perhaps a guy but I'm always on time if there's a meeting. I tend to try to look appropriately enough and it also depends on your audience. So like I'm in the tech industry, which means I can wear a sweater and no one bats an eye. But if you're you know, talking to finance, you need to be in a suit and a tie. <laughs> so you know, it's important to look presentable and that's been really useful. Be on time, be professional. And also know your ask. Like if you're talking to someone, know why you're talking to them. Don't just show up and be like, hi, nice to meet you. Whether it's that you want to find something in common, that's a cause. Or you want their help, that's a cause. But you have to know your ask before you go in so you don't waste your time or their time. Right. Um, and then I guess, can you maybe speak about your aspirations for the future and maybe some goals you have, um, I guess, moving out of this pandemic time? Yeah, so the company I'm working with right now, what we do is a pandemic solution. So it's a COVID solution. We can pick up mask uh, violations, social distancing violations, and we're going to transform our technology post-COVID to, to reflect the industry needs, depending on what industry we're talking to. So in retail, they want to have analytics on cons consumers, you know, the people walking in and all that fun stuff. So, so I get to be really creative about different industries and how I get to talk to them. That's short term. Long term, I want to use all these skills that I'm learning in the business world and apply them at a higher level. So as the company grows, I'm going to have people underneath me. So I need to learn how to manage them. That's really important. I already have a few people under me part time. So that's already been a new skill that I had to pick up. Um, and in the really long term, I think I would really love being a COO for a company that I believe in. Um, I don't want to be a CEO per se, because I think to be a successful CEO, you need to know 
accounting, which I'm not a big fan of, even though my husband is an accountant, so maybe I can pick it up from him. But I want to be as successful as the job market allows for men, because I think I can get there and do it really well. And I don't really care what other people have to say, because so far I've managed to accomplish things I want. And so I don't want to stop and I want to see how far I can go. Awesome. Um, I guess, thank you for so much for answering our questions here at VSC. Um, for the students, if you have any questions, feel free to post them in the Q&A module down below. Um, and I see we have one question. So I guess the first question is, what are some values that someone in the leadership position needs to have? Yeah, that's a great question. And um, empathy is the first one. Because if you don't really know how people are feeling, you can't really lead them. Because to lead is to inspire. And I don't really believe in author, I can't pronounce this word either, authoritarian leadership. So you want to lead by example. And so that's the second thing. Know what your moral compass is. Know what your values are. Know what you're not going to allow. And be that leader. You don't want your employees cheating, lying, stealing. Don't cheat, lie, steal. Be the leader they, they need to mimic. And the last thing is, chill out right don't freak out if things aren't going right things never go right know that you're doing your best and everyone else is doing their best and just learn from your mistakes because these leaders who want to be perfect all the time they're just annoying and no one likes them so to be liked you need to accept you know mistakes and just be okay with them every now and then awesome um i actually do have another question for you sure. um, i guess do you really have a mentor and how would you acquire a mentor? What role do they really play? Mm, I love that question. And I definitely have a mentor, but I don't have just one mentor. I have many mentors and it kind of depends on what it is that I'm thinking of that then I then connect to that mentor. So my grandfather is a great moral mentor for me. He was a very um, proper man and I want to be like him because other people respected the fact that he had morals. When it comes to my career success, I really do look at the COO of Airbnb. She used to be a lawyer and she just said yes to opportunities. And now she's where she's at. And I think she's doing a great job. So that's, you know, an aspiration of mine. In terms of marketing, there's a wonderful girl at a company that I helped with their content that does really great content work. So I look at her for that. Um, so I never idealize just one person, but I kind of look at the best thing about that person and how it can be useful to me in the given moment. Great. Um, we do have another Q&A question, yeah. and that is, what is the role that networking plays in your career? How should I practice good networking skills? Yeah, so networking is so, so key. It's probably the most important thing. Um, and the question was, how should I practice good networking? Okay, that's a great question. So you need to have good social media profiles. And by that, I don't mean Instagram or Facebook. I mean like LinkedIn and AngelList, like career sources, because I feel like I'm not that old. I mean, you talk about my experience, I'm 27. I'm, like, I'm not way into the job market. So I invest every day in my LinkedIn, posting something inter interesting, adding someone interesting, setting a meeting with that person. And so far because of my networking um, efforts, I've been invited to conferences in Qatar, um, in other parts of the world where I was fully paid and I had to just show up and speak. 
Um, I got job offers. I got freelance offers. It's a fantastic resource. Please invest in it. Make a professional profile. And don't be afraid of adding people you don't know as long as you think they're interesting to you. And if they message you and ask, why did you add me? Just say, hey, you're really cool. You're really interesting. And I want to just follow your, <laughs> your LinkedIn and see what you post. And they're going to love that because that's an ego boost. Um, so if you want to add me too, I'll put my, you know, LinkedIn in the, in the chat and you can add me. Um, so it's very important. And I mean, outside of LinkedIn, once COVID is over, if you're in a conference, go up to the, you know, keynote speaker and say, hi, have business cards on you. Don't be afraid of having a business card just because you're in high school. You're still a person and you're allowed to be proud of who you are and have contact information. Um, and I wish someone had told me this in high school because I didn't start networking until I was in my PhD program, which was a couple years too late, but I'm on top of it now. And I really, really recommend it. Great. Well, thank you so much for answering our questions today. Um, I know people that will view this later on YouTube will greatly benefit from what you've shared with us uh, today. If you want to learn more about our upcoming webinars and stuff like that, feel free to maneuver to our website at virtualstudentexperiences.com. Um, yeah, if you want to post that LinkedIn link uh, in the chat, um, yeah. people can view that as well. Um, and other than that, I think uh, we're, we're good to go. Awesome. Okay, I'm just opening the chat. Here's my LinkedIn. All right, bye guys. Bye everyone. Thank you.